And welcome to the Friday, August 3rd, 2007 edition of Ye Old Relevant Podcast, the audio companion of Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I usually say the word two there, don't yeah, I? Yeah, but it's a companion of. It, I don't know, it just sounds somehow more familial. Yeah. <laughs> they pal around sometimes, the podcast and Relevant Magazine, RelevantMagazine.com. <laughs> The three, the three amigos, yeah, holding hands, skipping down the street. Yeah, they're 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 not best friends, but they're friends. No, they're best friends. They're family. Well, well, I don't which know. means they may not be best friends. If, if it was a companion to them, I would say that they're probably best buddies. But the podcast is a companion of them, you know. So yeah. one of many companions, but they're good buddies. They are. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is the crew from last week. There's no real term yeah. for this uh, collection of people. Uh, managing editor, Adam Smith. Hi, everybody. Web content producer, Jesse Carey. Hello there. And coming back for her encore performance, my wife, Maya Strang. Hi. Say my job title. <laughs> oh, uh, operations manager, Maya Strang. Thank but, you. But that doesn't make any difference to like why you're here. But they get titles. But, but that's because <laughs> they have roles with the, the content that people interact with. I invoice and I pay the bills and I make sure stuff happens here. That's true. We would not exist without you. I'm sorry. Thank you. And operations <laughs> manager, Maya Strang. Woohoo! <laughs> She's number a one. Of the podcast. <laughs> She's a big fan of number one. Today uh, we have a special podcast. We have live in the studio for today's podcast. We have Edison Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, long-time listeners will remember Edison came through last year yep. and yeah. uh, laid down a great performance, oh, one of man. my favorites from the year. It's phenomenal. Let's it's just, probably one of our best live performances. Yeah, yeah, let's just say they're the only band to to this point who have brought dueling xylophones into the studio. Yep. I'm, it's pretty safe to say they'd probably be the only band ever to do that. And you guys <laughs> dueled with them, didn't you? Or no? That yeah. was after Edmund, actually. And that was, I actually, Adam was on tambourine and I was on xylophone. <laughs> but it was in, but it was did the, you duel? There was in no way a duel. It oh. was me pathetically hitting three notes and they were probably off time. <laughs> but they were gracious. I'm saying, guys. and they're off key. How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> he actually had an untuned xylophone. Yeah, I, I forgot to tune up my xyly before we. <laughs> But Edison Glass carries around two finely tuned Xylees. That's right, at all times. Well, they have a Xyle tech that travels with them, (laughs) keeps them tuned. (laughs) They're running on and off stage during concerts, changing out the xylophones. (laughs) It's actually a uh, very coveted job to have, the touring Xyle tech. And and just like guitar players pop strings, they pop the keys on the the xylophone, they fly out into the crowd. I would say the only more respected roadie position is probably woodblock tech. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, or cowbell tech. Yeah, you gotta have, but you have to have like whittling skills for those because they not, not for cowbell. It's more smelting. You have, <laughs> yes. to have smelting skills. <laughs> Do they have wooden cowbells? No, they don't. <laughs> that's, a wood block. that's a wood block. That's what he's talking. Jesse, that's a wood block. That's what he was talking about. A wood uh, yeah, block. don't they have? They have plastic cowbells, though, right? They do have plastic cowbells. Yeah, yeah I thought so they had all different an textures at extruding. Yeah, huh. I, I've seen. Oh, yeah. I've actually seen a whole like row of cowbells made of all different materials, and they all get different tones. And I've wanted to see a whole drum set of cowbells, kind of like the like, bell choir at Christmases. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Christmas services. Yeah, but the they don't have to wear. Wire. They don't have to wear those white gloves. <laughs> Which they have to wear overalls. They had they had a they had a handbell choir at my high school, which is a, a private you in Christian it? school. Please no. say you're in it. No, I <sighs> when they came out wearing because they all wore like white short sleeve button up shirts with the white gloves. 
Because the, the, the reasoning, they said, with the white gloves is that the oil from your hands will damage these, yeah, you don't finely, the bells. Are these finely crafted handbells. Do they have handbell uh, techs running on and off the stage during the performance? I'd say it's, it's a much more proper thing, so it would be more like a ball boy, like sitting there right beside, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in a tennis mm-hmm. type match where they run on and off yeah. quickly, but it's a very proper affair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a guitar tech that comes. Uh, they, they have one at Maya's Lutheran Church. What's up, Lutherans? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess on that, uh, no, we will. Consubstantiation, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so entertainment releases coming out in theaters tonight, August 3rd. We've got a few here. Underdog, starring Jason Lee and other yeah. things. Seriously, he makes the weirdest choices. You know, he's also in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. What, what's up with that? What's up with Jason Lee doing like these children's remakes? My, Maya had a theory that he has a kid now, and so maybe yeah. it's part yeah. of that. Pilot Inspector. Yeah, Pilot Inspector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his kid's name. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's his child's name, Pilot Inspector. Dun, 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 because dun, dun, that is evidently awesome. celebrities <laughs> name their... <laughs> Name no. their children well by just throwing taboo cards on the ground. It, it, it's <laughs> really a shame. It's really a shame that Matthew Broderick has already done the Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yeah. you know, because that would be right up his alley. Underdog, Alvin and Chipmunks, Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Jenna Elfman named her child Story. Her boy. Dharma from Dharma. And yeah. 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 See, I feel like Story isn't as bad because it kind of sounds like Corey, which is an actual name, or Tori. It's still pretty horrible. But there's no so, name that even so sounds So Apple, close. Pilot, meet Story. Here, go play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like... No, but it's Pilot Inspector. It's yeah. not yeah, Pilot. Yeah, don't call a kid Pilot. It's Come pilot, on. Pilot, no. Inspector. Come it's on. Pilot Inspector. Yeah. Are you sure that's just not his middle name? No, I'm it's pretty, Pilot Inspector. Yeah. I think it's a full thing. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, I, you know, I'd like to name my child Planet Eater. <laughs> but that's his first name. Uh, Adam, call him Planet. Uh, Adam Planet and I were either. talking about uh, what if you named your kid Ted DiBiase? That was <laughs> yeah. one name. The yeah. Million Dollar Man. Yeah, that's his middle name. The Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man Smith. Yeah, I like so like when he's in elementary school, T D B C. No, it's Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah. One name. <laughs> There's no Do space. Do you go by either. Ted or Teddy? No. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> On all of the um, standardized tests, they only have six letters. It'd be a uh, Ted DB. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. Ted DiBia. Ted DiBia. I was always Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher sometimes would say Camaro. When they- that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's that'd be a cool. sweet name. That's not a sweet name. <laughs> Yo, what's up? My name's Ken- Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. better than being named like Pontiac Bonneville. Or something. <laughs> I think I think Joaquin Phoenix probably has the coolest name ever of anyone ever to ever live. Joaquin. I don't like names that when you look at it on paper, it it would phonetically be pronounced one way, but you say it a totally different way. But when you say Joaquin Phoenix, there's no way to say that without sounding awesome. Okay, so that'll do it for your baby updates. Also coming out... (laughs) (laughs) Baby Baby names. Coming out in theaters, we have Hot Rod starring Andy Samberg. Awesome. I'm glad to see he's doing movies because I think he, like I always thought he had it in him to be kind of like the next next like Adam Sandler or something, you see, know? or perhaps yeah. even funnier. I, I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that level of comedy, but that kind of cult following, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see it. I, I'll be honest, like I'm a little, I'm not sure where I stand on on his comedy right now because I feel like up to now, I'm not saying he's not talented. He's he Emmy nominated. I'm just saying, I, I feel like he might be a little generic. Like, what's his thing? Like, why is he different than a lot He's of... He's got big um, curly hair. Hilarity <laughs> is his thing, by the way. Did you did you hear that he's Emmy-nominated with Justin Timberlake for, for Best Song? Yeah. Oh, really? The song. Yeah. Best it's Lyrical surprising. and Original Lyrics and Music or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It's not surprising. He's written a few good ones. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, even Lazy Sunday. Roy Rules. Even well, even though we got like sick of Lazy Sunday after like two days, I mean, yeah. but like it was it's still a great, great song. Yeah, I, I will say I'm glad to see Andy Samberg opposed to like Jimmy Fallon or oh, someone. Man. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, he maybe that's him. Maybe he's the next Jimmy Fallon instead of. Oh, hopefully, God. he'll actually Sandler. do stuff. Here's my thing, and I'm I'm not. I will let this movie prove me wrong. Uh, super or it's um, hot rod. Hot rod. We, we respect your open mindedness. Um, <laughs> but. I, I'll, I'll let this movie prove me wrong, but my fear is that he'll be sort of like Jimmy Fallon and that he's just kind of a generic comedian that if you put the script in any comedian's hand, they could do the role you know, uh, with so, the same level. 
Uh, last but definitely not least, I usually save the best for last, uh, The Born Ultimatum, which so far has gotten 100% positive at RottenTomatoes.com. I've never seen that before. Is it still that way? Uh, as of yesterday, it was. That's amazing. I'm so excited yeah, that's for that's pretty it. awesome. I want to watch the other two. I know, I know Adam's a huge 007 fan, but I think Born is so much cooler than Bond. Oh, well, I mean, I won't dispute that, like, the two first totally two. different genres. Yeah, but really? the first two Apples and oranges. Movies. Yeah, not, not because the latest James Bond... Bond yeah, well, Casino Royale um, tried, tried to go toward Bourne, and but it's I still think, Bond. I think for the best. You know, yeah, I yeah. think it made it way cooler. But uh, the Bourne movies are definitely some of my favorite movies. I really liked the second one, but I hated the way it was directed. Absolutely hated it. Like the so, claustrophobic yeah, camera So I know Paul Greengrass is doing this one as well, and I really hope that he doesn't direct it the same way he did the last one, because it was... It was difficult to even watch. You know, the way it was directed distracted from the story for me. It, it was like the fight scenes in Transformers when you can tell the money yeah. was running out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, just a bunch of blurring metal. Extreme close up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the born ones, I, I love anything based in reality. And when you have to suspend belief like Mission Impossible or something like that, I yeah. just don't get into it the way I get into these. Mm. I love these. So speaking of movies... I know you guys, you went and saw The Simpsons this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it fantastic? I thought it was great. It yeah. was fantastic. I was so pleased. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it had a great story, but the subtleties were there. And the oh, beauty yeah. of The Simpsons is in the subtleties. Yep. And they and were there. Honestly, I feel like it was every bit as good as the show was at its peak. I, I still need to see it. I did see, I saw Rescue Dawn this weekend. It's with Christian Bale and Steve Zahn. It's the POW movie. It also has really high on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. I think it's hmm. one of the uh, higher-reviewed films this year. It's kind of an indie, but it's really good. And Chris, I'm a huge Christian Bale fan. So, highly recommend it. Yeah. Rescue Dawn. Well, and speaking of indie-ish movies, uh, I also saw Sunshine over the weekend. Oh, yeah. And that Danny was Boyle. phenomenal. Really? Oh, yeah. And we Mind, lo- mind-blowing. We went looking for Talk to Me, and that was called the Don Cheadle movie. Yeah. It's it's is limited it? release. Okay. It's out, but it's out, but it might might be one theater per city. Yeah. Here in the midst of summer blockbuster crap, you've got some real like real nugget gold nuggets. Yeah, in there. I oh, really yeah. I still plan on seeing The Simpsons, but I knew that I didn't know if I'd have another opportunity to see Rescue Dawn. Sure. So was I, it at a normal theater? It was, but it was at a theater that. Uh, it's the. It was only at one theater in town, and it's a theater that plays the big releases as well as it has Some a couple stuff. smaller theaters dedicated to the indie stuff. So one one thing going back to Bourne for a second, like the thing when I watch the just the trailers or watch the other movies, like you forget you're watching Matt Damon, and he was in a movie with Greg Kinnear where they were Siamese twins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. Yeah, that yeah. that actor can do all that and we're okay with it and, yeah. we, and we forgave him for that other role we're fine with him being the, the kind of reclusive nerd in, in the Oceans movie yeah. mm-hmm. and he's also then super stud born which is unbelievable yeah honestly yeah. when I mean who didn't when you first heard about Born Identity coming out think that's kind of odd casting to have Matt Damon be this super spy Yeah, but he sells it so well yeah you don't I mean, realize you don't you're watching it for him. a second yeah it's amazing so can't wait all right so that'll do it for movies coming out in stores cds coming out in stores on tuesday the 7th we have flight of the concords with the distant future ep fantastic i'm excited have you guys been watching fly of the concords no i need to catch up mm-hmm. it is glorious absolutely glorious and the thing that I, one of the things i really appreciate about it is unlike a lot of hbo shows it does not revel in its ability to do whatever you know yeah sometimes it'll go out of its way to not be profane huh. when you would think it could be. Wow. And it is just kind of how Jesse is hilarious. Yeah. yeah much, That's what I respect about yeah, Jesse. Much the opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it it's so funny. It's like if Wes Anderson made a sitcom. Really? Yeah. So I have to subscribe to HBO? Yeah, you probably should. A lot of it, they also do podcasting though. And they release an episode here and there. Like I think there's two That's episodes. That's kind of how we've been doing in the month of July. <laughs> I think there's two full episodes for free, but you can download like skits for free here and there. Uh, also coming out, still remains with the serpent, Chuck Reagan with feast or famine. Those are the two options, and the good life with heartbroke. Those are your CD releases. Go check them out. So basically, go get fly the concords. Coming up next, slices. Go, Mr. Sunshine, go, go. 
You're listening to Remy Nicole. The song is Go Mr. Sunshine, otherwise known as the Adam Smith song. <laughs> we call you Mr. Sunshine behind your back. <laughs> good old... To be ironic. My, they'll call my son good old Planet Eater Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that song's just playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Um, okay, so now with Slices, here's Adam. I don't know about you guys, but when I think of uh, male models for a high-class line of luggage, my mind immediately goes to paunchy former communist dictators. So, as such, it's no surprise that the new face of Louis Vuitton is none other than Mikhail Gorbachev. What? Uh, new Louis Vuitton commercial features uh, Gorbachev riding in a car wistfully past the remains of the Berlin Wall with his Louis Vuitton <laughs> luggage featured prominently next to him. So, wow. um, He's no stranger to ads. He was actually an ad for Pizza Hut back in 1997. <laughs> but the cool thing about Gorbachev is that uh, he generally does these things to benefit some other organization. In uh, 1997, his Pizza Hut ad benefited the um, Gorbachev Foundation, which I know sounds self-serving. <laughs> but it helped, it helped actually build a library and a museum and whatnot. A library um, of pizza. Yes. <laughs> this uh, Louis Vuitton commercial, actually, everything is going toward Al Gore's climate change initiatives. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a little bit of method to this madness, I guess. But it just seems odd to me that when you think, you know, we need someone to model our high-class line of accessories, let's get an old guy with a conspicuous birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a curious decision. <laughs> I want the luggage Gorbachev has. <laughs> that's why I think every day, what would Gorbachev carry? <laughs> Probably a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't, I don't know about you guys or any of the listeners. I, I've never been on Second Life, which is the virtual reality um, sort of role-playing. It's not really a game. It's more of an alternate Existence. Let me ask you this. Is it as cool as RuneScape? <laughs> <laughs> RuneScape rules! But basically, the, the premise behind Second Life is you can create your own little avatar person and go into this virtual world and interact with other people in real time and do all kinds of things that you can't do in actual reality. Um, like have a social life? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's way easier for people when they can just sit behind their computer. Um, but it claims to have a population of about um, 8 million residents and actually real dollars exchange hands sometimes for, like you can buy Sex. upgrades. <laughs> there is That's one thing that I'm going to get to in this, in this little slice here. But uh, but actually, you can buy like upgrades for your characters. You can buy property and buildings on Second Life. There's actually businesses that have bought property on Second Life as sort of like an, a way of online advertising. Like you won't see banner ads, but you'll walk by McDonald's. Hmm. Weird. Um, but uh, so I guess it's it's only natural that some people are looking at it as a potential mission field that so many people are on there. We just have a little relevant booth. Um, yeah you could make your avatar wearing a little relevant flame t-shirt for only ten (laughs) dollars the Jesuits who are a Catholic um, Catholic group are actually sending missionaries into second life um, and one of them was quoted saying, deep down, the digital world can be considered in its own way mission territory. Second life is somewhere uh, is somewhere where the opportunity to meet people and grow should not be missed. Therefore, any initiative that can inspire residents in a positive way should be considered opportune. Mm. Yeah. How odd would it be to just be walking around a video game and uh, run into a group of Jesuit priests? (laughs) Or Hare Krishnas. Yeah, it would be a little strange, but apparently strange stuff isn't that uncommon in Second Life. As Cameron was talking about, there is a lot of weird sexual stuff that goes on. Wait, wait don't act the, like I was talking about like I know I was... <laughs> oh, you made <laughs> reference. Joke. You made I mean, re- I heard. <laughs> you made reference to it, but it, Second Life has developed a reputation for some in, inappropriate things. Is Dateline NBC going to be doing a series about it anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> They're actually going to go... Chris Hansen is going to create his own avatar. <laughs> And lure people into, yeah, and they're going to have police waiting outside, and he's going to read their obscene chats while they sit there. Well, you know, it's funny, possibly because of stuff like you just mentioned, 
kind of transitioning here. This is what we call in the biz a segue. Um, <laughs> there's an article today. Adam is actually over on his side of the room on a segue, on a segue. right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's an article today in Editor and Publisher Magazine, uh, which is kind of a trade journal for the newspaper industry. For the biz. Mm, the biz. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a poll that went out measuring public perception of 23 different professions and occupations. And journalists are in the bottom 10. So if you want to be basically universally scorned, then follow us into it. An exciting <laughs> so, career in journalism. I don't think that applies to magazines. Can I? Can I ask? Did it say anything else that's in the bottom ten? Like, I'm assuming I don't. I don't want to make myself look like an idiot or get emails. But I know that lawyers, maybe. pastors, I believe, uh, baby seal strangler was <laughs> seal clubber was right ahead of journalists. <laughs> Actually, no, uh, it ran ahead of just seven other occupations: being union leader, stockbroker, entertainer. Accountant. Wait, entertainer? Mm-hmm. That's very broad. Yeah, that's yeah, it ambiguous. Is. It is. It could I mean, be a magician. People love magicians, but maybe some people don't like... No, Jesse, people don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, maybe they don't like jugglers or mimes. Yeah. But anyway, the others were accountant, banker, actor, and real estate agent. Why do Why do they draw scorn? Like, It's not like, I think, darn those real estate agents. <laughs> well... <laughs> you know? I just, You're not trying to sell your house right now. Yeah, if you had one, you might. <laughs> yeah. Let me I at you. least feel some kind of vindication that there's some other people down there with us that you know I don't look upon with scorn. <laughs> I, I find it weird that like IRS collection agent guy is is not on there, but accountant is. Well, but IRS agent guy is just doing his job. I mean, if a guy's coming after you, you probably did something wrong. At, at the same time, I'm not going to like him. him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. How many people really see it that way? Yeah. Like, oh, well, you're just doing your job harassing me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or collection agent or repo man. I don't see that. That's it's just interesting that all, all these jobs that I don't really think twice about are are at the bottom level. Or I would think. I mean, no offense to any dentist out there. I don't have anything against you personally, but if we're in the same office, if I'm visiting you, I'm probably not going to be your friend at that moment. Or how about research scientists who beat monkeys to death? <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, uh, this is a very, very brief slice, but just an interesting one. Kanye West, you may know he actually is sampling a Peter Bjorn and John song for his new album. Oh, that's cool. But not is only it that... that Yes, the only Peter Bjorn. I was going to say, is it the only one we know? Um, Friends or something? Yeah. He's also asked them to be his uh, backup band for his coming tour. What? Mm. Yeah. So would that give Kanye indie cred or remove all indie cred from Peter Bjorn and John? I think it gives Kanye indie cred. I don't know. Because that song's already on a commercial. Like, isn't it already on? Yeah. Some computer commercial or something? Yeah. Well, so, like all indie little pop hits are. Yeah. Wilco licensed something like six yeah, to or, VW. Yeah, to Volkswagen of their new album. Well, it's you know <laughs> of Montreal does the Outback Steakhouse. Um, yeah, jingle. with the uh, record industry and the shape it's in, though, who can but blame them? It's the only way you can make but money. It's Outback yeah. tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're not dun, making money dun, off song records. Na, 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 yeah. they wrote the tune for an, a song that's on their album, and then they rewrote the lyrics for Outback. On the oh. album, is there the didgeridoo? No. no <laughs> <laughs> the song is called I think Wraith Pin to the Mist You just wanted to make that didgeridoo yeah. noise Did they do the didgeridoo? <laughs> <laughs> there is a guy I'm in the mood for a blooming onion there, <laughs> You know what would be cool is if Sounds through the good. rest of the podcast Jesse just did the didgeridoo noise Very quietly in the background I could just turn on the AC over there and they could make the <laughs> It's noise kind of the same deal I had, a, I had a, a buddy of mine went to New Zealand He spent some time over there and he brought back this CD of this guy who plays all didgeridoo and it's like it is the most killer thing because he's like he's kind of he's got funk you know and he can just rock out on this didgeridoo they have funk in New Zealand and I think he plays some sort of percussion at the same time it's really cool my brother's in Australia right now I should have him uh Bring us back a CD of didgeridoo. I just wanted to bring back a didgeridoo. That would be pretty. I've tried to play. They had one at Guitar Center one time. And I was like, sweet, this will be. Because you, you, you think, oh, this is a pretty simple instrument. I could easily, I can master this immediately. And it, I couldn't even get it to make a noise. You know. Um, speaking of uh, Chandler, Maya and I were up at a family reunion this weekend. And uh, uh, it was in the mountains of North Georgia. 
which is the Southern Smoky Mountains, mm-hmm. the Blue Ridge Parkway and all that kind of starts just north there. Anyway, my parents have a mountain house up there and they all left, the family all left and we're there by ourselves for a day and um, we are bored out of our minds because you're in the mountains of Georgia. So we drove yeah. into town to go see a movie and we come back and we didn't have a garage door opener. It's not our house. So we had to leave the garage door open or and, and you know, lock the house up. And and the house like is down a hill, so you're at the top of this driveway. You're a good fifty, sixty feet above the house, and then the driveway. You know, you go down to the garage. So we get back. It's nighttime. We turn the corner to go down the garage or go down the driveway, and and we get about a third of the way down the driveway, and the headlights are pointing at the garage. And there is a huge black bear in the garage. No, no way. I was yes. g- about to say, like, I was please gonna, tell me there was a bear. I was gonna, and there actually was a bear. I was going to actually say black bear, too. It was a black bear. And he stood there in the headlights in the garage, not leaving the garage. Like just, a bear in headlights? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and he stood there for at least 30 seconds just staring at us, sizing us up. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm, Maya's driving and I'm, and I'm scrambling for my phone to take a picture of it. Finally grabbed it as he decides that he, we're not worth his attention. So he starts to walk away. And I grabbed a picture of the bear walking out of the garage. How wow. long did you wait in the car to get out and go in? You know, it's, it, it leaves. We pull in. I decide to jump out. And That's we realized life. we didn't have a key to the door oh, no. in the garage. So I had to run around outside the garage to the front of the house to go in. And so I'm like... I just like, I'm going. And so I just went real fast, just, you know, figuring it's still walking away at that point. But the the worst part of it was, is that we have a little dog up there with us mm-hmm. and it had been alone for a long time by itself. You had to let it out. It's completely pitch black, at, you know, outside the house. You have to walk it into the woods to walk the dog. Wow. And I'm just picturing that bear just watching and yeah. just whoop, pouncing just licking on. licking its lips. Yeah, like just <laughs> pouncing on the dog. But uh, everything is all right. I've actually heard We had stories. a shovel in hand. Yeah, I had, a shovel. Noise. <laughs> I had a shovel in my hand. I'm beating the side of the house. Just trying a to make a lot of noise. bear's natural enemy, the shovel. <laughs> I've actually heard stories. Some and, boys and girls. And maybe we could do a snoops on this or someone could for us of a chihuahua chasing a bear up a tree because chihuahuas are so loud and so like for so example, volume so i was right i was banging on yeah. the house with the shovel trying to create and not only noise that to- like let's say let's say i'm in a house and I, I hate mice and rats if there's a mouse even though i'm way bigger and could easily outrun or you know kick the mouse i would probably climb up on a chair <laughs> So I could see how the I bear. Think a lot less of you now. I could see how the bear would you, grow up a tree because Jason of a chihuahua. Born. Yeah, <laughs> Did Dana have to kill the mouse. I I am petrified. It's 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 my. What honestly, are you actually afraid of? It, like, it, what are you afraid of happening? It's gonna bite you. It's an irrational fear. It doesn't have to have any basis in fact. I, I honestly I can't tell you what what exactly it is, but there there are very little things that absolutely terrify me, and mice is one of them. Yeah. You don't I've have had, to explain, I, it, Jesse. Rats ir- or mice. That's the nature of Both. irrational fears. Rodents in general. So you didn't have a hamster growing up? I did. And I was okay with that. And them. he was terrified of like it hamsters. constantly. I, I was okay with the hamster because it's a little bit more domesticated. What about? But I think, honestly, what it is is the is this. It's only domestic because we put it in a cage. No, but yeah. here's the thing. I, I honestly think it's anything with the fleshy tail. Capybara. The, the, the world's largest rodent. Would you be terrified of the those? The <laughs> not, not, not the chupacabra. The actual animal, a capybara. Well, like I said, I honestly think, because squirrels don't frighten me. Why? I don't know. I think it's the fleshy tail. It's an irrational tail. fear. It's something about that nasty tail. Like possums. Ugh. Dude, don't <laughs> even. They're disgusting. So this extends into marsupials as well. If they, the only tail. if they have the fleshy tail. Like a koala. I Don't they have like a little cotton tail or something? Yeah. I'm telling you. If they have furry tails, for some reason, they don't. They're not nasty. Like what about a, a bat? I you know I don't I'm not a big fan of bats but it wouldn't freak me out. About, it's a flying rat. It doesn't have a long fleshy tail. What about what about <laughs> lizards? Nasty. They're they're all fleshy. Yeah, but they're they're like it's like a frog. So it's the me. incongruity of hairy body fleshy tail that bothers. Bingo. You. I okay. don't know why. It's just a fear. I and it's gross. It's something you don't about, have to justify. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's an irrational fear. We he, all have. He does them. have to justify. Like I used to be petrified. <laughs> I used to keep when I was growing up my shoes. I used to keep them in the garage, right? And so I always used to be afraid. Your like, parents didn't let you walk in the house with shoes. Uh, most of the time, no. I mean, 
uh, I mean, but we, we even guests like did they make guests feel uncomfortable? No, 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 no. Guests, unless it was like one of our Probably friends. You're a, little, who were, you're a little kid. Yeah, unless you got dirty was, feet. Yeah, yeah, if it was one of our friends who, if we're at the beach or something, yeah. and it was it, obvious. It, but I was always afraid I'd put on my shoe and there would be like a mouse sleeping in there. <laughs> Let me ask you this: if you, I would kick my shoes, what about first. a scorpion? See, I would think a scorpion would be scarier they and more likely. They don't have scorpions in Virginia. Mm. There's not an actual animal that scares me. The, like I, I don't think I'm afraid of any animals. It's more like I don't like trains. Yeah. You know, <laughs> see stuff I, like that that makes even less sense. I, I I've been like in the water before. So you, you, this is like hell working here. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Terrified. It's okay now. Oh, okay, <laughs> but if I were just on my own, so what like, you're saying alone is alone at night, and I just hear a train in the distance. I'm not going to say I'm scared, but it's creepy. So you know what I mean. So you've kind of got creepy to over it. So what we should do is get a big aquarium full of mice and rats and put them right by Jesse's desk. Yeah. See. So in time he'll get over mm-hmm. it. See, no, that that's. Like, I've been in the water at the beach, like, surfing before, and there have been a shark really close. Like, we, I was, that happened with Jeremy, one mm-hmm. of our designers, not too long ago. And I was afraid, but it wasn't, like, a fear, like, the mouse fear. I've learned on Shark Week this week that you didn't need to be afraid. Yeah, I, I'm honestly... Sharks love people. We, we saw, like, we literally <laughs> saw the It's fin. more afraid of you than you yeah, are of it. Yeah, we saw the fin come up five, six feet away from us. I'm not... I mean, Jeremy can attest to it. We saw it come right up. Wow. But, like, we weren't... I don't know. I, I knew that statistically nothing would happen. You're more likely to get struck by lightning twice in your life than you How, are. However, there's more shark attacks in New Smyrna Beach, Florida than anywhere else in the world. That's where we were. But yeah, the jetties, specifically. But there are very yeah. few shark fatalities. Exactly. Right. It's still bites. not something you'd want to experience. Right. It's a bad bite. Bad yeah. gashes. But the sometimes is, they're not even that bad, though, the, because sharks don't want to eat people. They take a... They, yeah, sometimes they're just exploring. Yeah. yeah, the problem is they are more afraid of you than you are of them, but they respond to fear with blind, unfeeling rage. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like they Maya. They go bite crazy. <laughs> kind of like but, Maya. But mice, mice, you don't know, you don't, one, you don't know what filth they've been in. What, a shark? No, mice. Oh. And they're fast as lightning. You know? <laughs> pew, pew, pew! Where'd they go? Where, where is it? Is it in my shoe? Is it in my shoe? <laughs> so, uh, so you are afraid of the mice bite. Actually touching you. No, you don't think it's no. I don't. I don't want them. I don't want them near me. I don't want any knowledge of them being in my house. I went one time. I was uh, on. I was at this camp, right? And this was in college. I was at a camp, and we're sleeping in bunk beds, and one and the bunk beds were connected to the wall. And one of the guys like, I think I saw a mouse run across the (laughs) the like bed frame. I I'm not even kidding. I slept outside that night, (laughs) where there were more mice. Maybe, but, but at least I know it wasn't trapped in a confined room, just probably starving, waiting to bite. I, I literally took my sleeping bag and slept under a tree that night. You know, I've seen I've seen rats in Winter Park, like on the streets and whatnot. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Good thing I don't live there. <laughs> but you bite through there. But and, uh, and rats I, are very fast and are attracted to moving wheeled objects, <laughs> specifically the people piloting the moving wheeled objects. They love lycra shorts, like a like a moth to the flame. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Pied Piper. It's like I'm riding, and there's like yeah. just herds of mice yeah. chasing me. That would be your apart. nightmare. Yeah, you as the Pied Piper would be your nightmare. And I'm not playing a flute. I'm playing a didgeridoo on my bike. <laughs> Basically, the two things that attract them the most, Jesse, are lycra shorts and camelbacks. Great. Anyways, is that it for slices yeah. <laughs> and fears? Odd. Yeah. And irrational fears. All right, that'll do it for slices. Up next, Edison Glass. You're listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers. The song is Desecration Smile, and it's playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Well, I'll make the intro short. Edison Glass is a favorite band of ours. They're on the Live from the Relevant Podcast CD that you can get for a limited time um, right now at RelevantMagazine.com if you subscribe to the magazine. little plug there, uh, free CD. And uh, they're out on the road right now. They have a new album coming out in November. And without any further ado, here is Edison Glass. 
Uh, hey, we're Edison Glass um, here with the Relevant Peoples. We've brought our buddies Rob and Joey from Baron Von Baer and our buddy Johnny Lee Jordan. We're going to play some music for you. we got a new record coming out um, November, and this is a song off the new record called See Me Through. Restricted 
and glass so just uh played us a couple songs um you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick what's up i'm josh hey my name is joe uh, i'm james buenos dias i'm montana russo and you guys you, you said you're working on a new album that's coming out in november we've already yeah. finished it so um, it's already we're just in the works of of promoting it and getting the artwork done but it'll be it'll be out in november Sure. Very cool. Uh, how do you feel like it's, um, I guess, progressed or different from the last album? Production-wise, recording-wise, this one we actually got to um, co-produce, so we had a lot more hand involved in the whole recording process and how the mixing and you know production came out. So we're we're really really happy with this one, and we think that our fans will really really love it. Very cool. How's the uh, response been when you guys are touring around like? Putting the new songs out there. Really good. Excellent. Yeah. Response yeah. has been well. We've been playing the old songs for a long time, so the new songs always seem like a, a really they stick out in the set. Yeah. At least for me. Uh, what's your uh, What's your favorite place that you guys have toured so far? Like, favorite, you guys have a favorite venue at all? Chicago, the Bee Kitchen has been one of my favorite venues. It was the best food we've ever had in a six sound system. And I just we haven't toured there, but San Diego is awesome. <laughs> just giving a random shout out to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Diego stand up are there any region. other cities you guys would just like to? You know, we haven't been there, but we just hear it's awesome. San Diego. Toronto. Let's give Toronto a shout out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, let's all have a round of applause for Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. <laughs> God bless America. To you, Toronto. Yeah, That's never been there. We're straight, coming for you. Straight to you for Medicine Glass. But uh, anyway, thanks guys for coming by. We really appreciate having you, and uh, you guys did a great job. Thank you. Yes, please. I just wanted to also, this this new tour, we've been doing this new thing where we actually got a cell phone. So give us a call, anybody that's listening out there, 917-338-3878. Sweet. The, the number again is... The number again. Oh, and listen to Baron Von Baer. They're from Orlando. Yeah, Baron Von Baer. Let's the number again since I interrupted. Okay, Joe, the number again is 917-338-3878. Thank you. Call me. And, um... I guess we'll also throw in. Uh, is there what's you guys' website, MySpace, all that stuff, so people Edison can Glass. go check you out. EdisonGlass.com, MySpace.com slash EdisonGlass. And uh, also, just Google us. Just, yeah. just call the cell. Call the cell and ask yeah, them personally. Yeah. And uh, also, you heard a couple members of Baron Von Bear play with them. You guys' uh, website, MySpace? .com slash Baron Von Bear. 
MySpace.com slash Baron Von Bear. Check them out. Sweet. Also, right. we're touring with Ivory, and they're sweet, too. Listen to them. Also, we played with a band named Bernard the other day. <laughs> <laughs> also, we love San Diego. Yeah. Neil Young is pretty cool, too. I really so like, yes. I really like Converse shoes, yeah. so go out and buy some of those. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like Wendy's Frosties. Good. We had a pirate party last night. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Natasha Bedingfield. The song is Soulmate. Oh, babe, I found you. You're my soulmate. Oh, that's sweet. Adam. <laughs> Jesse. Can you hand me that uh, paper? <laughs> <laughs> uh, soulmate. An unlikely choice. It's a featured video over at Relevant.tv this week, and it's an unlikely choice, but a good one. Uh, it's, uh, she's, she's a strong believer it's a positive song. It's getting a lot of mainstream play, and it's you know it's it's a good song, even though she doesn't have like indie indie cred or whatever. I, I feel like we've been mixing it up. The featured video, particularly, mixing it up well lately. Not to toot our own. Yeah, you um, have indie. You have, you have Christian. You have hip hop. You have pop. You have, yeah. yeah. And and I would like to hear you toot a didgeridoo for a second. <laughs> All right, Chandler, if you're listening, I want you to master this, and you come back and play it for us. Chandler's in, in Australia for like five months. He's down there with YWAM. So. Okay, so feedback. Last week we asked you to ask us some questions. And apparently that didn't interest many of you because we didn't get that much feedback. Yeah, Perhaps that was a little... Um a, a little bit of hubris on our part yeah, it, it to think been, that you want to know yeah, stuff about maybe us. Maybe a little narcissistic, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe that, not just about us, but I mean like our opinion of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I guess that's People what they hear care. the whole time, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to us to tell you uh, more of our opinion for another 20 minutes... <laughs> yeah. It's like, I wonder where they think about the Jesuits in Second Life. Oh, it's rats! You know? <laughs> well, they've answered all my questions. Yeah. I had a quite extensive list. I wonder what they think about the Bourne movies. Oh. <laughs> well, I wonder I, what kind of rodent scared Jesse <laughs> So we apologize, and this is why we only do it once a year. And and when I saw the amount of feedback that came in, I remembered why we only do it once a year. And next week we will get back to a regular. Yeah, I mean, last time it seemed to be more robust. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, well, I think you were newer, yeah. and so it was a little more mm, get to know go. you questions. Exactly. Yeah. It was more of an interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> Seen if you were up to snuff. You know, yeah. Tyler left big shoes in the garage for you to fill. And they had mice. They were with filled with mice. mice yeah. <laughs> Literally an entire family yeah, of mice. Tyler's little Which going away prank. <laughs> actually made them fit a lot better. Because <laughs> they were so huge. Yeah, yeah, the mice to fill them out. Yeah, that's true. One just came in, actually, since since you printed those out, one just came in from Gavin Thayer, and he said, Wednesday on the site, Jesse, you had a slice about the health dangers of drinking soda. Mm-hmm. And uh, just curious what Cameron thinks of this. I'm assuming he still drinks a baker's dozen of Diet Pepsi a day. Oh. And I do, and I didn't read the slice, and ignorance is bliss, so... Well, I, I'm actually, I'm glad this came up, because I've been working on a blog entry. I don't do, I, I'm not, you know, I do slices. I've been reading Adams, I like it, you've been doing good, I like your oh, your you. Rambo. Thank See, you, yeah, the, we've, we've got probably five or six more of those already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Done. Yeah, I think, I think, um, Legend of the Jade Spider Monkey, yeah. Rambo 17, and <laughs> uh, Curse of the Night Wolf... Yeah, are in the are in the. Uh-huh. Uh, if you don't know hopper. what we're talking about, check out the blog section at relevantmagazine.com. Yeah. Well, Adam's been yeah, blogging. A little teaser. The the next one is Rambo Eight Laser Space Patrol Four. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, mine's more in the vein of well, okay. Here's the story behind my first blog entry, which will be posted by the time this goes up. Um, I you know I do slices, so you whether you know it or not, you probably hear my voice a lot on the website. So I'm like, you know what? Let me give some other people a turn on the blog. But I read this slice about the soda, and I felt compelled. So I've been working on a blog entry um, that I've been kind of 
going into an investigation behind this supposed health risk associated with soda. Thank you. Well, after after <laughs> days of research, I I am heavily in debt because I've hired a private investigator <laughs> to help me find who is behind this propaganda slander. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Big surprise, it's big water ionization. Shut up. <laughs> the blog is posted. Now, maybe it was just me. Maybe they, you know... Maybe, sure, maybe it was my fault that I didn't see in big, bold letters that it said, this is a water company blog that's posting this here. (laughs) It's flashing red lights. This is a water company blog. And it clearly says that they're selling a water ionizer, you know? Um, But uh, I wish I had known that before I spent all those hours contacting web hosts to try (laughs) to get to the bottom of it. But they give eight health reasons, legitimate health reasons, of why you should not drink soda. Okay. Well, guess what? I have eight reasons why soda is awesome yeah. on my blog. Don't, don't spoil them, though. Don't spoil should them. I, do, should I tease you with one? Uh, give me one. One. <laughs> Just one. Okay. One is it's cheap. Because with most combos, <laughs> water. you can upgrade to a large and still get french fries. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think you wanna, I'm so glad that you're doing this, Jesse, because... Blow the roof off of Yeah, the, the powerful water lobby has yeah. been holding soda back for far too long. And it's been especially perilous ever since uh, hydrogen and the hydrogen and oxygen lobbies were able to put their differences aside and merge as one united front. You know, I'll soda. give it one more that I put in my eight reasons. It burns cleaner and more efficiently than petroleum. I've converted an, my VW bug, <laughs> bus to run only on tab. 87 miles per gallon. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah. I, took, I gave Adam a ride. Yeah. It smells and delicious. It smells like you know tab. what? Listen, ta- Tab actually tastes like gas, so you might, have, you might have actually just put gas in the tank. So, so check the blogs. It will be up, by, like I said, by the time you're, you're downloading this, my blog, blowing the roof off yeah. of yeah. big water. Expose it. Yeah. Big water. So, In other words, ocean for short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, who cares? Ignorance is bliss. I like soda. Soda keeps me going. Yeah, I wouldn't read that slice that I put up. I won't. Because it, it looks like some dreadful effects, especially diet soda. Well, I can just look in the mirror and see the dreadful effects. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Justin Boyer, and he gives us a scenario first. It says, Relevant burns down to the gra- ground in a conspiracy involving a disgruntled employee and a red swing line stapler. Been there. Reviving the company is not an option, and you are all so psychologically wounded that you can never perform the jobs you did for Relevant again. What would then be your attainable dream job? Sorry, Adam, no talking about becoming an astronaut for you. Okay. Mm. Uh, I would beat monkeys to death for scientific purposes. (laughs) I would fling rats at Jesse. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm guessing that the NBA is... is He said attainable. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you can uh, do it, Jesse. Wait, yeah. why is that an insult? I'm being serious. Yeah, you're a five. You're a six foot tall white guy who plays at the Y once a week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how is your team doing? Well, I am sorry that this came up. <laughs> um, I really did not want to revisit last night of round one of the single elimination elimination playoffs. Aww. But let's just say. That after a fifty-point blowout, we will not be returning for the second round. <laughs> so, so that's how we did. <laughs> it was but not keep good. that dream of the NBA alive, there, buddy. Just yeah. keep practicing. Maya, hey, what would you do? I'd probably open a dog something, something to do with animals. <laughs> a dog something. <laughs> now, before the building burned down, the entity of the magazine still exists. We're just not physically able to walk into the same building, and we're not allowed. To, we're, scenario, not allowed we're not allowed to do, to do these what our previous jobs, jobs. Yeah. right? But I'm saying the business of relevant media group still exists in paper, and I could sell it. Correct? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, if I'm selling it, then I'm never going to work again. <laughs> that's what. That's what my Retire, next job would retiring. be. Retiring. I would sit at home and watch Shark Week all week, <laughs> every week, live every and week. And man versus shark wild. Week. Yeah. And what? Man versus wild. Oh, and man versus. I thought you said and man a child. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means, but okay. (laughs) I think are there still explorers? Like exploring places. Um, I Google think Earth, pr- um, just basically <laughs> Google Maps or whatever. Because I think that'd be pretty cool. Jesse has a pith helmet he needs to put to good use. He just sits at home on Google Maps and yeah. just explores <laughs> n- different regions. <laughs> Zooms in real close. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm splicing this together so you will have no idea there's a gap, but we we were just visited by Kara. She yeah. just popped in and uh, we saw her sans baby for yep. the first time. Well, we've seen her sans baby yeah. a lot. Yeah, for the first time since, since she was baby. with baby. She left the baby outside. <laughs> She's still learning. No, <laughs> no she didn't. It's she so didn't. funny because I feel like, you know, Kara comes and we all want to catch her up on everything and like we're all kind of excited and almost like trying to impress her. Yeah. Like, I can ride my bike without training wheels. Look. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was good seeing she, her. We switched insurance companies today, so she needed to come and get all the cards. Yeah, because she has a baby now. She's got a baby now. She's got an appointment tomorrow morning, she said. So she's doing well. She's uh, Madeline's only sleeping two, three hours at, at a time at night. So she, though she looked good and yeah, glowing, she looked, she looked great. She's tired. Chris Vasquez, what was your worst job? Doing mm. it right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh mercy! I, My worst job was working at the Dollar Tree. Oh, oh snap! Man. Wait, hold on. Man, worse than Einstein's bagels, where you sliced your hand open. Um. Yeah. Wow. I would willingly slice my hand open every single day rather than work at the Dollar Tree. Yeah, I liked Einstein's bagels. I just, you know, cut all my tendons in my hand yeah. <laughs> on accident. Yeah, yeah Dollar Tree was horrible. Um, I worked there for three months right after graduation. And, I mean, people just pick things up and they take it to another aisle and they leave it there. And so, you, like, constantly just having to go around and put everything in the right place. And some kid threw up and I had to clean it and... I think I didn't even go back. Maybe I called. But I, I one day I was like, okay, I don't want to go. That was my worst. My best was probably um, working at the movie theater. <laughs> Although this Free job movies. is awesome, too. I worked for a certain um, super store, which I guess shall remain nameless. Kmart. Big K. You worked um, for Big K? I did. I, I still may have the red vest somewhere. He wrangled carts in the summer. Yeah, it was miserable. Aww. They treated me terribly. But you did learn how to ride and rope. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was a cart wrangler. I worked in the, the garden center. Um, they said some things to me that I do not appreciate. <laughs> and they no longer have my business or my employment. So, When did you work there and how long? I worked there. It was, it was probably my junior year of high school. And I probably worked there for I don't know, like four months or so. Mm-hmm. That's that's generally the turnaround at Kmart. You know, people have you only have so much of a threshold. Um, the food wasn't. You, we could eat at the K Cafe, mm. um, which is pretty much slushies and hot dogs, maybe some nachos. Ain't nothing wrong with that though. <laughs> Every day there is. <laughs> Mine is definitely. I did some temp administrative work at a uh, a large family themed amusement park. Uh, resort that shall remain nameless, but has a an anthropomorphic rodent that Jesse would be terrified of <laughs> as its uh, as its spokesperson. Uh, so I, I worked in one of the offices there doing administrative stuff, and for reasons I can't even fully fathom, it was pretty much like taking a hammer and breaking all of your toes individually. Every day, like that's how it felt going into work every day. Basically, there was only a certain amount of work I could do every day. I was like basically helping do administrative work for big banquets and conferences and stuff. And there was only a certain amount that I could do every day. And the n- nature of the job was that you couldn't really work ahead. And so when I first got there, I would get everything done by about four o'clock or so and, you know, leave at five. No big deal. After about three weeks of this, I got good enough at it that I literally had every bit of work done that I could feasibly do that day by 11.30. (laughs) And I did it well, you know, but it's like it doesn't take a genius to do some of this stuff. And so that meant I had to face, you know, six hours of just sitting there, just (laughs) sitting there. And you couldn't surf the net because they, you know, they checked all the computers and everything. And, like, that was one of the stipulations. You can't surf the net. So, basically, I would just have to sit and stare. Yeah. And it was mind-numbingly awful. Uh, we got one more here from Matt Seward. I mean, I've had random jobs, but none that I hated. Okay. I mean, I worked in a warehouse one summer, two summers, but I kind of liked it. You know, you're... Lifting boxes all day, you're packing orders, and 
I didn't mind that. Yeah, I mean, see, I've worked jobs with like a bunch of guys and doing hard work, yeah. but it's like I like that. Yeah, you know, I, I had something to do. You know, I mean, it's mindless work. It's all manual labor. But they would play like talk radio over the PA system. You'd listen to you know political or sports mm-hmm. radio, and that's just where your mind was yeah, all day. Never, that's never that bad. It's not that bad. I had a job like that too, like doing fulfillment for a, a company where I just listen to talk radio all day. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, Okay, we got one here from Matt Seward. Uh, he says, hey guys, my name is Matt from the suburbs of Chi-Town. If you could eat or taste any endangered species, bald eagle, panda bear, koala, mandrabbit, what would it be? That's hmm. disgusting. I can say that panda is the sweetest of all meats. <laughs> <laughs> I've tasted them all. <laughs> uh, this is from Matthew Von Stein. Um, <laughs> Von Stein. And he says, I've just discovered you guys recently and have only listened to three or four podcasts. You guys are funny, which has made me listen to you again. My question is this, though. What do you have to offer me and other new listeners? I know you're Christian, but why should I listen to you guys? I'm not asking you guys to sell yourselves, but to explain why you're doing what you're doing. You guys are obviously more than just funny and have a vision beyond being hip and with the times. I'm sure you got tons of funny questions from loyal fans, but consider this an extended hand from a potential loyal fan. And besides, if you answer this question, I'll subscribe to your magazine and tell everyone about you. <laughs> um, so he's trying to sell yeah. sell us, yeah. right? the The podcast. Okay, we had he asked what the vision was. The vision, honestly, was for the magazine and the website. You know, sure. we we know we knew coming into yeah. it what what purpose it would serve, what what topics we need to talk about, what we're going to do. The podcast actually crept up on us. It started out as a look kind of behind the scenes of the new issue, and it was me and the man- the managing editor at the time just kind of talking about why we covered what we covered. And then uh, we were like, well, wait a second. With audio, we could actually play some of the music. You could experience the magazine in a different way, and that's where that, you know, that was the early days. And then it kind of just started to morph. Like people, more and more people started to listen, so we're like, okay, we need to do more. So, hey, let's talk about kind of the news each week or the entertainment releases and like let's just talk about kind of like what we're looking forward to or what we're interested in as the crew putting together this magazine you know you'll get to know a little bit more about us behind the scenes the flavor of kind of really what we're excited about etc etc and so you'll get to understand the magazine in a larger context and and you'll feel more like of a personal connection you'll get to know us and therefore you'll know the magazine yeah and uh really the vision is honestly still the website the magazine those products and the podcast is just honestly time hanging out with friends and and we're just we're just here to get to know you get to know us you you know what what we're talking about what we're into and and you can see how it then affects the magazine and the decisions we make and what we choose to cover yeah. And that's all it is. Yeah. It's totally yeah. informal. Yeah, I think I think podcasting in general offers a unique forum because it's not like radio where radio has to be polished. And it's not like, obviously, anything we do that's in print, uh, like you're saying. And we, we put a lot of thought and time into everything that goes into print on the website. But not the podcast. But, <laughs> but, I feel like, but I feel like, you know, I really believe in the product. And I think if you connect with a product, then hopefully the podcast will appeal to you too, because you know we try to infuse the personality. You know what, what I love about the podcast is is it's made a impersonal media property personal. Exactly. You know, exactly. like people feel like they know the magazine, they know us, and the connection with our readers are is much much stronger now mm-hmm. than a year or two ago. Um, and that's been the coolest thing to see happen. What's the vision for this thing? Man, when bands come through and they want to play, we'll let them play. When when we get good interviews or people who are in the news and we can talk to them on the podcast, we'll talk to them. And we'll talk about what's happening each week and you'll get to know us. And that's it. Yeah, and yeah. Honestly, else. just like it would be if we were just hanging out with each other, sometimes really deep, weighty subjects are going to come up. And we're going to discuss them, we're going to mull over them, and we're going to get very passionate about them. And sometimes it's just going to be us having a good time, yep. you know, just like it is when we just hang out, you know. So that's that. So hopefully he'll go subscribe now. Yeah. Thanks for listening, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So that'll do it for your feedback. And okay, now with this week's editorial question of the week, we're going to go back to normal where you answer it. Editorial question of the week. Hey. We would like to know what your fears are. Primarily irrational. 
Everybody has irrational ones. Yeah, we talked I mean, a lot. We don't want to know. We don't want to know bullets. You know, we don't want to know right. fire. Fire. Right. Yeah, everybody. Those are legitimately fearful. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. talking about like sea turtles or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things that you're afraid of that you shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> it's no laughing. Matter. My my, can, my wife I cannot is afraid. watch Finding Nemo. Yeah, my wife is afraid, and I can only say this because I know she doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's afraid of like. Any kind of fish, even very beautiful, like tropical fish, saltwater fish, any kind of fish, no matter how aesthetically pleasing it is to the rest of the world, she's terrified of it. She would hate to go snorkeling in the Caribbean because they come up and touch you. She would. She would hate that. She she would hate, like she hates aquariums, anything like that. Interesting. Hates fish. Interesting. Especially, and she's really terrified of octopi. Hmm. Well, that okay. I can see that, that because that you see the sense. the movies growing up where they, you know, the massive ones will will you know take the submarine and and kill everybody. You know, you, yeah. you see the the mean ones. You don't see a lot of mean fish. It's true. Octopi have been unfairly portrayed in the media. Well, and they're not normal octopi. It's like you know eighty feet tall octopi. There's like have, a huge one over in Australia recently, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, they have mammoth like, ones that live thousands of years. Yeah. I, I have to think that there there's some sort of octopus anti defamation league that's combating <laughs> these negative <laughs> images we see in the media. So do so, I okay. do that? Yeah, yes. Irrational fears like that. Irra- or, or just tell us tell us what you're afraid of. Write us at editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com and we'll read your feedback next week. Okay, so that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Many thanks to Edison Glass for stopping by. You can check them out at edisonglass.com. So that'll do it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Justin Carey. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Maya Strang. We'll see you next week. We had a pirate party last night.